A personal message from Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. I want to recognize two of the most talented and generous creators in the audio drama world. Victor Aurelius and Jeff Niles have teamed up to create some of the best audio ever produced. They have donated some terrific programs to our show, as you will come to hear. Sadly, our audio drama world has experienced a huge loss as Victor has passed on. We here at Twisted Pulp Radio Hour and respected production companies such as KKRN would like to send our condolences to Victor Aurelius's family and friends. Victor's talent at creating A1 content, All Better Audio, and 407 will be missed. Warning, this material is for mature audiences. This is the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. The Ninth Ninth Tower Tower Productions. Productions. Crook, 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 
Well, I'm proud. Well, I'm proud. Well, I'm proud. Tiffany, I think this signal is finally getting through. Good work. Thank you, Doctor. Perhaps I won't have to terminate and then reclone you again. That's not funny, Doctor. Stop joking like that. You've never recloned me. Joking. Right. No, it's definitely not funny. Yeah. Elvis Presley died today. He was 42. Apparently it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in Memphis, not breathing. His doctor pronounced him dead at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Enough of that! <laughs> this is Dr. Mary Von Rocksprocket. World-renowned inventor, scientist, and supra-genius. Broadcasting to this radiated wasteland of hopelessness from my hidden laboratory and now radio station. And let me make something perfectly clear. I am angry after the newest set of bombs fell, making this post-apocalyptic world into something even more hellish. Hmm. Perhaps it is now a post-post-apocalyptic world. It doesn't matter. The point is that after the newest conflagration of idiot egos continue to propagate, well, their idiocy, I found myself being knocked unconscious with some form of green gas. Upon awakening, I found myself locked in my laboratory and my trophy room of vintage Barbie dolls, which had now been turned into a radio studio. I'm pretty sure there was a large penny-farthing bicycle here too, but it seems to have disappeared now. Damn you, Patrick McGowan! And the only person to keep me company is my producer and failed television newscaster, hey. Tiffany Teagarden, who has been locked in here with me. Say hello, Tiffany. Hello. Now, I have no idea exactly why I have been imprisoned like this. It is outrageous that someone would interrupt my important work, which will finally bring the world back from the brink and into my control. <laughs> I'm not really thrilled about being trapped here either, you know. Yes. I'm sure people are missing you and your contributions to society every day. Whatever will the world do without you? You're a real jerk. You know that. Hmm. Cloned with more competency, but also more sass. I'm not sure I like that particular mixture. What was that? Oh, nothing. As I was saying... I don't know why I am here, but there seems to be some expectation that we will be making regular broadcasts. Hence Tiffany's presence and the stack of daily programming schedules, recordings to play, news reports, and commercial sponsors. Before we begin our job, I just want to announce that if anyone wants to contact us, hopefully with some information on how I can get out of here, and who is responsible for my imprisonment? I will make that person one of my trusted minions with my patented health tonic as a generous medical benefit package. Just be on the lookout for any rat with what looks to be an antenna array coming out of its head. 
They are my eyes and ears, and they will bring me any message you care to send. Also, you could alternatively, for anyone who still can, send us a message to ellen at kkrn.org. That is E-L-L-E-N at K-K-R-N dot O-R-G. Now, I am tired of talking. So I will hand things over to Tiffany to give you our broadcast and the word from our... Sponsor. Thank you, Doctor. Our broadcast for today is Jeff Niles Presents, produced by Victor Aurelius and Jeff Niles. It is set in 1984. Two punk rockers get a hold of atomic weapons. And it should be a welcome respite from the hair loss and horrible sores that all of the fallout this season has been bringing to the California inland. We also have a news and weather report. First, in the news, some of the wineries in the remains of Napa, California, have been violently taken. I mean, reconsolidated and are reopening under new mutant management. Gene Freak Wineries will be offering such varieties as Pinot Blood Noir, Cabernet Bourguignon, and Pineal Grigio. More to come, and I'm sure we'll have an ad to play at some point. And in other news, the strange clown-pig hybrids are still protesting outside of the burned-out crater that used to be the California capital of Sacramento. Officials are fairly sure they will realize that the capital is no longer there and will take their demands for clown and pig media representation somewhere else. And now, a word from our sponsor. Come the piggies. No, no longer do we serve pro or vulture. Only organic, fresh human. Fresh killed or grown in a test tube. Piggies is the best. Well, that's very special. I'm sure we're all thrilled that corporate consumer capitalism has survived a nuclear war. Just like the cockroaches. And like you too, you psycho. What was that, Miss Teagarden? Oh, nothing. Mary. Yes, my name is Mary. What of it? Oh, brother. I heard that. Time for a new Tiffany. What? No! Ah. Enjoy the show, listeners. And make sure you send us any information you might have that will free me, Dr. Mary Von Rocksprocket, back into the world. <laughs> Brace yourself. You're listening to Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. All better audio. We're not just good. We're all better. Attention. This is a production from the 4077. Making audio sound all better. That is all. Good evening.
This is Jeff Niles, and welcome to Jeff Niles Presents. Our story tonight takes place in 1984 on the streets of L.A. A couple of punks living out their wildest dreams with no authorities imposing rules on them. They have their fascination with drugs and a willingness to commit crimes. Uh, Of course, without a job, they live in squat and eat out of dumpsters behind restaurants. An endless party, a dangerous lifestyle that meshes with the worst possible scenario of a technological disaster waiting to happen. We present to you Atomic Playboy, written by Mark Slade. Shut up! Oh. You selfish pig! <coughs> How am I selfish? You're smoking our last cigarette, you son of a bitch! How the f- can I be selfish if these are a new pack of golds? What? When did you? No, that's the last. I don't get it. I went out after you OD'd again. This peckerhead was standing on the corner of Packing Joe's store. He asked me if I'd go in and buy him a 12-pack if he gave me 20 credits. I said, yeah, sure. I went in and Packing Joe wasn't there, but his daughter Giselle was. And you know how much she wants... Bullshit. No girl wants... She wants me. No girl wants you. You c- You dicklet. You want me, bitch. Damn straight. Only because I need a new gay friend. I'm tired of my old gay friends. Didn't think I was gay at two in the morning. Oh. oh, baby. Baby, baby. Whatever the f. I was horny because I had a dream about Ronald Reagan. Just finish your dumb f-ing story, will ya? Throw me the pack. Yeah, yeah. Almost forgot. So I go in and buy the beer and come out of packing Joe's. I got no idea. F***ing robbed this dickwad. <laughs> so I came out and realised I left my stick knife at home. I noticed the jerk off had his back to me. He was talking to his faggy friend with the piercings in his eyelids. So I reached in my back pocket and stuck my comb in his back. I say, give me all of your money or I'll f***ing kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> Hell f***ing yeah. <laughs> I swear to you, he and his faggy friend gave me 50 credits each. Oh, hey, we can use it to pay the weekly tax on TV and watch The Dark Crystal or something else trippy. Sweet. <coughs> I love Muppets. Hey, what's that at your feet? What? I don't know. At your feet. Look down. Not up. Down. Oh. <laughs> you dickhead. You don't know which way is up or down. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's a business card of some kind. Read it, okay? I always thought that skill would come in handy one day. What does it say? Uh... 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 
Atom and Atom. Jesus, give it to me. Fucking hell, Jenna, I was getting there. I'm not waiting till I'm a hundred years old for you to finish reading one sentence. <sighs> Atomic Playboy. Atomic Playboy? Big deal. We've been there lots of times. <laughs> We're allowed in there no more after we screwed Lonnie's sister. <laughs> oh, wait. Has a name and a date on it. So what? Where'd you get it anyway? Oh, I got it when I robbed those two jerk-offs, I think. Uh, Jenna, would you uh, read it again? What the f*** for? I gotta know. <sighs> you need to learn how to read, Tommy. I ain't always gonna be here. What are you gonna do if I'm gone? If you stop using Sandman, you won't maybe, like, die or something. No chance of that, Tommy. All I gotta do is lay the waxy strips on my eyes, let the liquid drip in my retinas, and Sandman brings me sweet dreams. It's not just the weird dreams that's great. The kick is being able to come back from an overdose, you know? Coming back from the edge of death over and over again. I never liked that shit. Too gnarly for me. I never had no dreams anyway. That shit just burned my eye holes. Read the fucking card, will you? Tommy, doesn't matter that you can't read this. It's in Latin. Latin? Oh, shit on it then. No, wait, I can read it. Well, some. You don't know Latin. Yeah, I do. Well, some. Whoever was supposed to meet this freak guy at Atomic Playboy can't read the rest because of those symbols. Oh, and it's Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Wait, that's a money credit symbol, too. Holy shit. 400 credits. To do what? I don't know, dumbass. I can't read the rest of these symbols. Hey, I know who can. Who? Mother, that's who. That ass. He's just our drug dealer. That asshole was my Latin teacher in school. looking at us. If you get rid of that stupid mohawk, they wouldn't look twice at us. Oh, and you think your shaved head and pink ponytail don't cause a commotion? Well, if cops stop, then it's because they want to f*** me. Okay, went on. He's checking out the crowd. Quit being so paranoid. I'm being paranoid. I'm being smart. Ha! Huh. That tubby baby will never happen. There he is. There's Mother. I knew it. That jerk-off's always in the gutter. <laughs> that must have been some high last night. Or a low. Quit giving off negative vibes. Come on, let's go talk to him. Why do people call him mother? Because he takes care of us with his stash. Oh. <sighs> Yo, mother. Wake up, you stupid bastard. <sighs> That's no way to wake him up. Here, let me try. Oh, God, is that the cops over there? <coughs> Uh, what? What? Where? 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 Uh, I, 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 I swear, officer, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> where? Oh. It's just you two fans. Uh, look, I, I, I don't got nothing, all right? Samuel came by for uh, the handoff, but he, he got 
pinch by the figs before I could sit. We ain't here for nothing but to ask you a question, Mother. Yeah. Who's your tailor and why are you wearing that ball gown? <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Guys are tailors, women are dressmakers. <laughs> you, you don't have to be a female gender to wear something what is comfortable. <laughs> That's sexist, man. Yeah. And it makes you look funny. You, the hairy bride. <laughs> what do you do want? Can't you see I'm, uh, I'm busy, um, dreaming? We found this car. It looks like a business proposition. 400 credits, Mother. Only we can't read what's on the card. The symbols and all. You're good at languages. Ah, uh, let me see. Hmm, uh, I'll tell you, only if you cut me in. Forget it. No, Tommy, it's only right. He ain't gonna remember we had a deal. He's tripping, see? Look at his eyeballs in red. Oh. Yeah, man, that's fair. We'll cut you in. Right on. Well, they can help you, then. What's it say, then? Patience, dear. Uh, my, uh, my brain has to uh, compute this. Uh, something about a uh, price coming. Deliver a bomb to, uh, hmm, uh, uh, some address. That uh, last symbol was written in marker and it, it started to rub off. Hey, this card smells like piss. Uh, I had an accident earlier. Bryce Cummings? Who? The writer and the scientist. That's gnarly. A bomb? Looks like you two are going to be terrorists. Yeah. Just like when I was young back in the 60s. Six, 60s. Oh, what a time. We changed the world for you people. And, and you f***ed it up again. Looks like uh, Mr. Cummings has the right idea. It's time for a revolution. Again. But a bomb will, like... Kill people, won't it? That's 400 credits we can use. Uh, I can get you a lot of Sandman with that money, darling. Sweet. Sweet. Dream. Yeah, I guess. Jenna, look his face. It's twitching all over. It won't be long now. Oh. For what? Oh. Before he passes out... Sweet dreams, Mother. Come on, dickhead. Let's go get that 400 credits. Get out of here. You ain't on the list. <laughs> you and your mother. Oh, not you two freaks. Look, you know you ain't allowed an atomic playboy no more. It was just a misunderstanding, man. Come on, have a heart. Lonnie said you ain't allowed no more. You know how he is over his sister. The rules are on the wall. They simply state, no fighting on the dance floor, no cops or assholes, no touching Lonnie's sister. She ain't nothing but a comatose. Laying there on a bed while we all dance around her. 
Little weird. She was out of it anyway. Bet she don't remember it. Lonnie records it all, dumbass. Hey, f this. We have a meeting with Lonnie. Read this. Shit. You two are the ones? I thought he had somebody else. <laughs> okay. No skin off my back. Go on in. Through the hallway. Round back. Yeah. We know the way, turn up face. <laughs> So I say to Ronnie, oh, oh, jeez, oh, that's lightning in a bottle. Anyways, Ronnie, dear sweet old man, if indeed you intend to buy create a nose candy from those dirty peasants. Uh-huh. You should trade some old firearms that the army isn't using anymore, you know? <laughs> well, of course, he was only half listening to me. Yeah, uh-huh. You mean President Reagan? Oh, you're so tense. Of course, I mean... President Reagan. Who the f else am I talking about? Lonnie, my man. Long time no see. Is that Coke? Can I have some? How did you get in here? I got it, boss. I'm gonna break you in half. We're here for this. Oh, shit. Boss, look. You picked these two, Bryson. Help. <coughs> I didn't pick anyone on. I have people to do that. We'll collect the 400 credits now. <laughs> oh, you too. It, it doesn't work that way. Oh, the mind of the common human. It is such a laugh to watch them compute everything. You know? Uh, how does it work? You get the bomb, you get the 200 credits. You explode the bomb. Two days later, you get the other 200. Simple as that. Here's the 200. <laughs> Steak, Steak and Rocky, Rocky Road, Road ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Come here, you two. Come here. Come in here. It is, I assure you, not a um, simple bomb. My group of fellow scientists have taken nuclear energy and... Um, Deconstructed it over and over until it has um, become a single molecule. Once it has been detonated upon a crowd of humans, they are um, rearranged 
to form a uh, giant human being consisting of a thousand or more humans. One giant human being. <laughs> We only ask that you detonate the bomb tomorrow at um, 9 a.m. Below this club when the um, demonstrators come back. So, uh, where is this uh, Molly Cool Bomb? Let's get the show on the road. We've got plans, okay? Ow! What the f? Why'd you put that needle in my arm? That's the bomb, numbnuts. Oh. I don't feel so good. Oh, you big baby, you'll be fine. You just feel like you have the flu for an hour or so. Wait. If the bomb is inside Tommy, how are we going to detonate that bomb? Very carefully. Oh, God. Tommy? Tommy will have to... I don't care how you do it. Just do it. But why... Why do something like this? I needed an ending to my novel. So you lost it? Hey, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> hey, Channa. Look who it is. That faggy guy with the eyelid piercings. You. You're the one who robbed me.
This could be a cautionary tale for several reasons. Science fiction and science should never mix. Or taking an ideal too far. Or just plain idiocy. Being confused with intelligence. Even being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But seriously, here at Jeff Niles Presents, we like to have a laugh now and then. So take what you wish from this story, and remember, we aren't laughing with you. <laughs> We're laughing at you. <laughs> Good night. Jeff Niles Presents Atomic Playboy, written by Mark Slade. Directed and produced by Victor Aurelius. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Tommy, Gabrielle Andrews as Jenna, Jeff Niles as Mother, Joe J. Thomas as the Security Guard, Victor Aurelius as Bryson, Terence Dry as Lonnie, David Schutz II as Patton, Joe Sims as The Man, and Ted Wenskis as Piercing Guy. Music by Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet. Sound design by Victor Aurelius. Copyright the 4077th and All Better Audio 2015. This has been an All Better Audio production. was set together by, by the all Make making audio, audio sound, sound all better.
regiment of Christians guided by the Savior's hand. When the mushrooms of destruction fall in all its purity green, God will surely save his children from that awful, awful fate. Are you ready, Are you ready for the great atomic power? Will you rise and meet your Savior? yourself. You're listening to Twisted Pulp Radio Hour.
nitro bursts. Where did he come from? Damn it, I gotta lose him. You must fire Hung for me. He is beyond redemption. What did he do this time? Insultingly, he stole the payment he was to deliver. Reprehensibly, he killed bystanders in the process. Jackass. Bad form. All the way around. Sir, Hung will be dead before the sun sets. Four times run out, Hung. Shit! What the hell? Watch where you're going, you goddamn punk! Down here, maybe I can lose him. Watch it, shithead. Damn! If I could just make it. Not this time. You were stupid, hon. Please, please, just take the money! Don't, don't, ah! What made you think that you could steal from the boss? You know! You know everything's falling apart! It's all f***ed up! If we don't get out now, it'll be too late! It's already too late. But that's no reason to lose your shit.
Hello, my name is Andrew J. Roush, also write under the name Andy Roush, written a lot of novels and uh, nonfiction books. My most recent nonfiction book is My Best Friend's Birthday, The Making of a Quentin Tarantino Film. Uh, I was asked by my friend Mark Slade uh, to talk today about an apocalyptic film that I thought was pretty great. Never really been a big fan of the genre, but there are a few that I really like. Um, but I wanted to talk about one that I don't think gets enough play, and that is the 1975 film A Boy and His Dog. Uh, this is based on a terrific novella by the legendary writer Harlan Ellison, who, as famous as he is in literary circles, is not a household name, you know, like Daniel Steele or uh, a lot of people that are far less uh, great writers. Harlan Ellison was truly one of the greats he wrote nearly 2,000 short stories in his life and career. Um, his most famous, uh, or my favorite, one of my favorites, is Repent Harlequin Said the TikTok Man. He wrote, uh, he did uh, a famous anthology called Dangerous Visions. Um, you know, he wrote the greatest episode of Star Trek, which was, of the original uh, series, which was City on the Edge of Forever, which also he hated which is another part of Harlan Ellison that is fascinating, is that he was really kind of a despicable person in a lot of ways. People either loved him or hated him, and for the most part, he hated them. He was notoriously unfriendly with most people. There are all kinds of horrible, horrific fan stories. Uh, one of the most famous being uh, a fan approaching him in the bathroom and him turning around and urinating all over the fan. Um, there were other incidences where he wrote a screenplay early in his career. Uh, I believe it was in the 50s, early 60s. And he attacked and sort of beat the shit out of uh, the film producer. Um, really interesting guy, really volatile. But anyway, one heck of a writer. And so he wrote this novella, uh, I believe in 1969, called A Boy and His Dog. It's uh, a benign title, sounds like it could be some kind of Lassie Ren 1010 thing, but it's not. It is, takes place in the future, and it is about a man named Vic, who's wandering around in an apocalyptic, that's easy for you to say, an apocalyptic wasteland, and he's only, uh, he's, he's only aided by his trusty dog, who has been mutated and can speak, um... You know, and, and whether or not he really speaks, we don't always know, or if Vic is only hearing this in his head. But it's pretty clear that he speaks because uh, the dog, whose name is Blood, is smarter than Vic. So later on, the film version was made in 1975 by an actor named L.Q. Jones. At this time, L.Q. Jones had only directed one film, but he had been in... He's still going. He's an amazing man. I interviewed him about six months ago. He's 92 now. But some of his best-known films are The Wild Bunch, and he's in Casino. He's in many, many great films. And his first film was a film called Battle Cry that was directed by Raoul Walsh. Uh, 
Um, L.Q. Jones' his real name is Justice McQueen, but his agent told him he needed, you know, uh, a pseudonym. Because back then, you know, they didn't like uh, off-the-wall names or names that didn't sound, you know. So a lot of actors were walking around with pseudonyms. And so he took on the name of his character in Battlecry, which was L.Q. Jones. So skip forward, he makes an adaptation of this movie, or of this novella. Uh, Ellison was supposed to write the original script, but uh, Ellison, for whatever reason, according to L.Q. Jones, put it off, put it off, put it off, maybe wrote five pages, put it off. This lasted a couple of years. So finally, L.Q. Jones threatened that he would write the script himself, even though he'd never really written anything. He'd ad-libbed some stuff in films, but he hadn't written anything. Uh, if Ellison didn't finish the rewrites, you know, the, not the rewrites, but the original script. So um, eventually, L.Q. Jones has to write the script himself, even though Ellison doesn't want him to. Um, L.Q. stayed very faithful. There were a few changes, but he stayed overall very faithful to the original novella. The original novella, uh, one of the big sw switches is at the end, which is a really downbeat ending, um, where uh, Vic and Blood have to sort of eat a person. And there's a lovely line in the original novella where uh, after Vic has, you know, killed off his uh, love interest, uh, the dog asks him if he knows what love is. And he's done this to save the dog, so Vic says, of course I know what love is. Love is, you know, uh, the love between a boy and his dog. Um, L.Q. Jones ended up changing it for the film. Uh, he changes it to the film to a line where Blood talks about, uh, his last line is something about uh, the woman having particularly good taste. Uh, the line pissed Ellison off, as many things were apt to do. But overall, for a while, Ellison really said he liked the film. He enjoyed the film, appreciated the film. But then later on, did what Ellison was apt to do. And he went public and started telling people he hated the film. But the film is fantastic. Yes, I've given away part of the ending. But it is a fantastic movie. It's this, uto uh, not utopian, but it's this apocalyptic wasteland future where there are mostly only men left because the women have been ravaged and raped. and So it has an anti-hero because we clearly know that he has, has done some really despicable things in his past. Um, and sort of will in the future. But uh, in this film, we don't see him do a lot of the... He, he doesn't rape anybody in the film. We're at least thankful for that and in this, in this story. But he comes quite close. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a film, it's a story, it's a novella, they're not real. And people sometimes, as an author, I will tell you, sometimes people get mad and they think that, you know, if a writer writes the, a character that does something sexist or racist or vile, that the writer is those things. But the truth of the matter is, you know, uh, just depicting something does not mean you are advocating for it. It certainly does not. Uh, a lot of times it's quite the opposite. But the thing is, if a writer wrote every character to be exactly like the writer, it'd be a really boring book because there'd be no conflicts. Every character would be exactly the same. And a lot of times we write to sort of get away from ourselves. I don't want to write 20 characters that are like me. And so sometimes it's interesting to write dark characters, but uh, this is a very dark story. This is Ellison's story, not mine. And Ellison did a superb job, and L.Q. Jones did a superb job. Despite being a first-time writer, he did limit the dialogue. There's a lot of scenes where there's very little dialogue, but the dialogue that is there is just enough to get the job done. It's very important dialogue. Um, I will say that the last 
15, 20 minutes of the film has this surrealistic quality, uh, even more weirdly and surrealistic than the novella, where Vic goes into this different world, uh, which is called the underground. It's just very weird. People have makeup on, and I don't do LSD, but I was thinking if you were doing LSD or you were smoking pot, this would be a pretty good scene to watch, pretty good uh, sequence, but otherwise you might be a little confused, but it doesn't take away from the greatness of the film has a pretty damn good ending uh, and that those scenes feature the great Jason Robards another actor that's gone so of the primaries in this uh, I guess only Don Johnson and LQ Jones remain but this is a fan I'm gonna assume the dog is long gone because dogs have short lives but you know this is a mutant dog so maybe he lives lives on he definitely lives on forever in this film so if you haven't seen this film you should go see it it did win some awards. I believe one of them was Fantasporto when it came out. Uh, so it's a fan fan favorite, but it uh, it was not a big box office hit by any stretch. So you want a great apocalyptic film that you haven't seen 55 times or not everybody's talking about, this is the one. It's called A Boy and His Dog. So go out, watch this, rent it, or go ahead and you know write in letters and say that you didn't agree with the word I said. That's fine, too. All right, well, again... This is Andrew J. Roush. Just wanted to tell you what I thought, and I have a lot of thoughts, so I might be telling you more in the future. You have a great day. Goodbye. Brace yourself. You're listening to Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. Episode 1. Atomic Playboy. Your host was Dr. Mary Von Rocksprocket, played by Lothar Tuppen. Your co-host was Miss Tiffany Teagarden, played by Jerry Ellis. Sergeant Strangler's Priesthood featured Pete Lutz. Nixon Jazz featured former President Richard M. Nixon. Piggy's Ad featured Wesley Critchfield. Atomic Playboy was a production of 4077th All Better Audio. Nitro Bursts, written and directed by Lothar Tuppen from Ninth Tower Productions. Commentary by Andy Rausch. Theme music by Tim Slade. End music by Chauncey Haworth. Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, created by Lothar Tuppen and Mark Slade. Art by Matt Weller. Episode 1, written by Lothar Tuppen. Produced by Mark Slade, Lothar Tuppen, and Chauncey Haworth. Directed by Mark Slade.